Hello, everyone, and welcome back to our Love Island recap for episodes five, six, and seven, I think. Uh, I am your host, Kirsten McInnes. I'm joined, as always, by Brian Scally. Scally, how's it going? I am good, but as I told you watching these episodes, uh, I'm a little overwhelmed. How are we getting through all of this? It was, uh, how did we get through five episodes every podcast last year? Because this was so much happening in these three episodes. I mean, thankfully, the cast last summer was boring. So five episodes <laughs> flew by uh, this year. They thought, hey, let's try casting better people. And it turns out that a lot more happens in every episode. Who um, could have guessed? Right. But thankfully, we are not recapping this alone. We have someone else to help us along from the class of 2020 from uh, Outwit, Outpod, Outcast. We have Evan Windsor with us. Evan, how's it going? Hi, my name's Evan. I'm 23. I'm from Tacoma, Washington. And everyone better look out because I'm here to step on toes, even though toes are gross. <laughs> no, I'm actually thrilled to be here. This is this is super fun. Uh, I think you picked the perfect time for me to come on because the show just got good. And so I'm very excited to talk about uh, all of everything that has happened um, on, I'm going to go ahead and say it, the best CBS reality show of the summer. So, ooh. <laughs> I mean, it's the only CBS reality show you're watching, correct? I watched enough Big Brother to know I did not need to watch Big Brother. <laughs> <laughs> well, for anyone who has given up on Big Brother, thankfully Love Island is there for us. Now, have you ever watched Love Island before any of the other ones? Or did you just jump in because you wanted to hang out with us? I, you know, I was very star for content uh, this quarantine and uh, specifically really dumb content. So I have no background. I had no idea what the format was going to be, no idea what to expect. And I am very pleasantly surprised that it is exactly the trash I was looking for. So. I'm very excited to talk it over. I can't wait to one day find a man who will call me exactly the trash he was looking for. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so anyway, so Love Island season two is off to a big start. And we basically jump into episode five with the Moira James drama, which I think is the the main story for most of tonight. Uh, basically, Moira comes back from her date. James is like, what does he look like? Should I, like, really stressed out talking to the other guys? Like, oh, well, can I be mad if she talks to the girls before me? Like, just really gross and weird. Uh, they immediately pull Moira over to talk about the whole situation. And then she's like, oh, I've got to go to the bathroom so that she, she can go talk to Mackenzie. And James like spirals wildly. Yeah, as if James was not already spiraling. I mean, it was like, okay, I was excited for the rest of the dates. Like they really left us on that cliffhanger only for like yada yada that. Let's get to the good stuff. James is an insane person and we're going to start showing you that this week. So for him to just absolutely, so you just see like hints of it here where he's starting to lose it once Moira comes back. Uh, yeah, it was a lot. He was gone before they even got before <laughs> she said a word like as she's walking over. He's like, hey, what's up? How's it going? Feeling good? Good feelings? Hey, that's a new smile. You're smiling now. I haven't seen you smile before. What's up? Anyway, how are you? 
before she could get a word in. And so, like, you could tell from the jump that's like, oh, man, well, and- <laughs> this is going to go poorly. <laughs> Well, and we had talked a little bit uh, in our last recap with Matt Ligori about how, you know, just wild James was acting and how toxic and gross. And I think some people listened to that podcast and thought, well, I didn't think it was that bad or like maybe didn't didn't clock it. But now I think everybody is on our side. Uh, I told you all, I think James <laughs> is hot. Therefore, red flags. Yeah, I mean, do not lie. You could see that like James fires off questions like nobody's business. And meanwhile, Maura struggled with the question when she came back from her date. They said, what does he look like? And she said, who? So I don't think Moira was the most prepared to give quick responses. So recipe for disaster was disaster obviously happening here. Well, and it's it's one of those things where if somebody is just firing, like interrogating you, it doesn't put you in a great place even like at all. It's just going to make you uncomfortable. There was already that discomfort with James pushing to have sex and Moira being like, let's take it slow. Uh, it just so uncomfortable. Who knew she was referring to the speed in which he was asking her questions when yeah. she said, let's take it slow. <laughs> yeah. Uh, James could take it slow in a number of ways, actually, I think would be better. Uh, I really liked how the conversations with Mackenzie went over the course of the night. Um, she also had a really great conversation with Sally where Sally's like, you know, even if you're just having thoughts about another guy, like that's worth it to explore. If I, you know, hadn't followed my instincts, I wouldn't be with Johnny. And so I did really like that. But it's just like everything about James and Moira. I just hate it so much. Yeah, it's just watching something fall apart slowly. And you know from the jump exactly that how this is going to end. But you just it's just a very, very slow moving car crash. Right. And again, like at this point, they have been together maybe six days. So imagine how James would react if someone were actually his girlfriend. Like, I assume that he's just possessive and gross. All of the time. I I hated it. It was a lot. I mean, before she even sat down, James had fired off like seven questions and she's sitting there silently. And it's just again, like Evan said, it's like, are you going to have to know him? Are you going to be lovey dovey with me? Are you going to be friends with him? Are you warming up to me? What is that what you're saying? Are you doing it's just like, okay, buddy, like chill out. Right. And literally she's like, I'm stressed. This is a lot. And he's like, (laughs) I'm going to ramp it up even more. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he took that. She's feeling uncomfortable as the cue to like go drive the conversation to like, so we're going to still be lovey dovey. Are we going to slow down even more so you could talk to this other guy? Are we going to go faster now? Are we going to like just keep talking? I'm going to talk. So I think we will keep talking. You're not going to talk, but I'm going to keep talking and asking questions about how we're going to do it later because I'm talking quickly. <laughs> I, You know yeah. what? And I think that. If you, I was thinking about this earlier. Like for most of the people on Love Island, like these are very, very attractive people. I feel like they probably don't deal with too much competition in the real world. Uh, and James certainly does not react well with, you know, his girl thinking somebody else is attractive at all. 
Yeah, and I'm sure that a lot of people are willing to look overlook a couple of personality flaws in James on the outside world. But when he has equal competition in here, it might not be so easy to overlook those flaws anymore. Well, yeah. and he has the tattoos as a measure of his poor judgment. So really, I don't think anybody should have given him a chance. He's also on the show Love Island as a example <laughs> of his poor judgment. So, I, you know, you're not wrong, but it gives me entertainment. So the absolute best part of this whole James Moira uh, drama is when Mackenzie absolutely shuts James down. Did we oh, see yeah. this coming from Mackenzie? No, it's absolutely, I was, this is, Mackenzie was so boring week one, had, I couldn't read a personality, maybe that's just because the show was on at nine, and that's past my bedtime, and details slipped by me, <laughs> but, like, I I had no idea Mackenzie had any of the modes we saw from Mackenzie this week, and she was all over the map, so this is the real coming out party for Mackenzie, uh, star of these three episodes, every episode in different ways. Yes, yeah, I don't know if... If I was just seeing it in Mackenzie early or if it was there, but kind of always knew that Mackenzie was a star. I was just not uh, certain that she had so many facets to her personality as we saw this week. I mean, for her, like, it's pretty calm here where she's talking to James and she's like, look, like he's kind of Moira's type. Like he's, he's like, what does it look? What does it look like? What does it look like? It's like, Oh, like he's, you know, like five eleven. He's in really good shape. He has freckles. James like freckles. So <laughs> it's like, okay, guys, and how so dare he have freckles? <laughs> like, freckles. And you get, she's like, you just got to act cool. Like be, don't be phased. Brad Pitt comes in. Like, it doesn't matter. Like I am the best person here. So the, like, and McKenna, you know, she keeps it together for as long as she can in dealing with James. But obviously later in the episode, that does not get held together so well. Yeah. And honestly, like an icon, like we knew she was going to be a star. We could tell and we could tell, you know, by the way she was edited, that she was going to be a big part of the show. But by no means did I think that that was coming. And I just I couldn't possibly love it more um we also get like there's a lot of scenes of people just kind of reassuring moira that it's okay to feel the way um that she's feeling which i do that's like one of my favorite aspects of love island when people get that that reassurance from others <laughs> i like we've said i like the friendships i like when they're all being supportive of each other so i'll take the scenes thrown in there they're not the ones that i'm complaining about yeah so then uh we also have uh, Caleb and Calvin in the midst of all this actually introduce themselves <laughs> to everyone. Oh, yeah. And uh, goes, James is like the first one. He like sprints to the front of the line to be like, hey, how are you? Are you the one with freckles? You're not. OK, you're out of here. <laughs> hey, how are you? I'm James. I'm cool. Definitely cool with everything that's happening here. Yeah, it's like uh, w when everyone said to chill out, James, they didn't literally mean to like hover over Moira and be like, look how chill I'm being. Look, they're cool, right? You agree? You agree they're cool? Why aren't you saying anything? Like it was so high energy. It was like I didn't blame Moira for then telling James to, quote, chill the fuck out, like back up. <laughs> like, what are you doing? Yeah. And I I'm going to I think that if a if a person ever like acted towards me that way in a dating context, I would just ghost them. 
Like, and even in the Love Island Villa, I would walk away and I would never speak to them again. And I would never explain to them what was wrong. I would be like, nope, we've we've crossed a line there. This this is over and I will no longer be speaking with you. Like, leave her alone. And then she's trying to talk to the girls and he's still there. And they're like, uh, girl, talk without James, please. Like, <laughs> bye. <laughs> That was my favorite. Like, I laughed really hard, especially in context. Last week, we were like, oh, it was cute that, like, James went up to, like, join Girl Talk and, like, tell, like, Moira that he cared. And then now it's, like, James ties to join Girl Talk. And they're like, get out, leave. Like, you're, it's like, is he there all the time? Is that what the problem is? Because we definitely saw him try to, you know, force himself in there last week also. Yeah, and somewhere around here, we get, like, a great confessional from Trey, who's like, what you need to be doing in this situation is none of this. <laughs> yeah, like absolutely enough. Just cut it out. I think the voiceover guy had a really great one of like, now that James is playing How to Lose a, gu- a Girl in 10 Sentences, uh, which was <laughs> incredible. Uh, it's just so gross. And then James pulls out like the the number one reality TV line of, if you want drama, I'll show you drama. <laughs> Well, I do want drama, so thank you, James. <laughs> yeah, was but he, he like quietly mutters that to himself when nobody's around. So, oh well, he says to Calvin, uh, "Yeah, there's something wrong with the girl you chose." Like, oh, okay, James, that's, yeah, uh, that was bad. <laughs> that's where we're going, and that like that doesn't stop. That keeps going throughout the episode, and it was like I said, I want drama. This was not always fun drama, but some of it was fun. <laughs> so well, it was like border on there. The thing so stupid and frustrating when James says things like there's something wrong with the girl that you chose okay well that's also the girl that you chose and also if you think there's something wrong with her why don't you leave her alone and stop acting (laughs) like this like if there's something wrong with her you can just not talk to her anymore Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, James literally did stand up there and pick her out of anyone in the villa, whereas Calvin was just like, I guess you can come on a date with me. So it's not as if Calvin had really uh, made his decision by there, whereas uh, I think James, as we've shown, he thinks before he speaks and that's how he gets his words out so quickly. <laughs> Incredible. Uh, so Rachel and Jeremiah talk about how their date went well uh he says that as long as they're open and honest with each other that's good and then they uh they do some more making out which is they should just call it making out island um (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) jeremiah handled this perfectly like this is like i think there is some kind some version of the conversation like if you say one tenth of the words that james said like there is some amount of like hey how was your date What's going on with us? What's the situation? Download on the chill. And like, that's what Jeremiah did. And it worked out fine. Like, it's not necessarily what he did that was so bad, but just like how incredibly intensely and tone deafly he did it for the entire episode. Yeah, like it's the kind of situation where if you ask someone if they're okay and they say everything's okay, you got to just back off. You can't keep pushing and pushing and picking and picking until you get a reaction because that's never going to go well for you. But yeah, but Jeremiah in the same situation is just like, yeah, 
you know, it's cool. We'll just uh, I'm still going to keep trying for you. And then they kiss and it seems like things are going great. So. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Oh, I was like, OK, Scott, let's go. Um, no. <laughs> and like, again, it's been less than a week, so I don't think any any of this is that deep yet. Exactly. It's like you get the very clear like picture after James shows like everyone exactly not how to do it. Jeremiah is like, you're cool. As long as we're honest, we're good. And it's like it made me, you know, a little sad when we know Jeremiah's ultimate fate after the scene. Yeah, yeah, that's true. We also get kind of the Carrington and Kirsten download, which is, I feel like somewhere in the middle, uh, because Carrington's like, yeah, are you feeling them like as friends or as something else? And, uh, Kirsten's like, you know, I, I'm really into you. Like, obviously they're sexy, but like you're sexy too. And I feel like there could have been just like a little bit more reassurance there based on like how later events happen. (laughs) I love the are you feeling them to when she responds feeling them like as friends like who says are you feeling them that way <laughs> like well, what a weird especially after going on dates with both of them though well I'm feeling both of you on this podcast as friends. <laughs> <laughs> well there you go appreciate it <laughs> yeah the fact that Carrington is not the worst at anything is surprising so the fact that he did in the middle on this is is, is is nice to see. I weirdly <laughs> like Kirsten, and I don't know why. It might just be the eyeshadow, but <laughs> <laughs> but like I kind of want to see at least her workout, which is why it's such a shame that she's uh, up to this point still with uh, with Clarington. So yeah, well, okay. I, I don't you- know. I feel like we didn't get much of a personality until the later episodes this week, and so like at this point in the episode, I'm kind of take or leave uh, Kirsten. I mean, I think she's nice. I do really like her eyeshadow. Thank you for being on Team Eyeshadow, Evan. Um, Always. Like, you got a, a smoky eye number goes out of style, okay? It, it's a little dramatic for a day where, but there is no rules there in Vegas. Um, Kirsten and Caleb also touch base about how their conversation was good, but she's confirming that she's very into Carrington. Caleb's like, you shouldn't close yourself off. Yeah. Interesting thing. I think she's <laughs> he really allowed. Is. Yeah, that is true. I mean, Caleb is very much the one, even on his dates where people be like, oh, you know, I'm happy with. He's like, no, no, they're not here. This is me and you. And like, it seemed to work decently, at least for him, where they then opened up on their dates and in conversations. But it, it was a, you know, a bold move. It's a little heavy-handed. A little bit. Um, he says, yeah, I mean, the, the guys are only there for, they got like a day, two days before the recoupling, so they got to make something happen. So, can't fault him for trying. Well, and he's not the type to chase, okay? <laughs> and, oh, chase, and chase, and chase, and <laughs> chase. Um, and then, Scally, you wrote down about Kirsten's deepest, darkest fear of the ocean. I don't remember this happening. Can you break this down for us? It was just like a random question tacked on here that I found funny. They were like, yeah, you know, asking questions like, what's your deepest, darkest fear? And Kirsten like, automatically is like, ocean. And I don't know if she's actually terrified of the ocean or she's making a pun that it's super deep and dark. But I was like, oh, one moment of personality, at least from Kirsten here. I mean, the ocean is scary, I think. That's fair. Yeah, it'll mess you up. 
Do you have a deepest, darkest fear? A, a deepest, darkest fear? That you want to expose on the podcast? That I want to expose on the podcast. What am I most afraid of? I'll go. Okay. Horses. Okay. Hor- horses. Horses? Their teeth are fucking massive. They will, like, I see people, like, feed the horse a carrot. I'm like, do not do that. You have fingers. <laughs> so what you're saying is you're not um, a horse girl. <laughs> <laughs> not not at all no yeah <laughs> i don't like horses and they definitely don't like me so it's mutual and it's fine my like most irrational fear is my fear of bridges because i used to have a reoccurring dream that we'd be on a bridge and then one side would snap off and we'd all fall into the water yeah no that's not great i would see when you said irrational i was gonna go like my deep hatred of ketchup but that is rational and ketchup's the worst so god i've had enough of this ketchup slander Mm, deal with it (laughs) i won't i'll just eat more ketchup to make up for the ketchup you don't need keep it away from me (laughs) I'll, i'll protect you from the horrible ketchup thank you i actually i think it's like a very canadian thing to like ketchup actually you put it on your chips, so yeah, I would say that's ketchup probably the case. Ketchup chips don't taste like ketchup. They taste like barbecue chips and salt and vinegar chips had a delicious tangy baby, and they're well, I'm so not good. going anywhere near them, well, so we'll more for you. chips anyway, so enough. That's not even fully true, but whatever. You can try your slander. It's not even fully true. Hey, I had some nice hot chicken chips yesterday, so there. <laughs> your, your obsession with chicken is going too far. <laughs> they have roast chicken chips here. Do you want me to send them to you? I mean, I'll take them if you're offering chips. <laughs> um, where where are where are we? Oh, we have um, more James and Moira. Yeah, I'm we sure. have more James and Moira, and this conversation was so much. Because James starts like, do you want to talk to me about life? (laughs) What? Like, is he high? What is going on with this man? Which is like an interesting opener out of context. But when you put it into the context of their giant fight the night before, basically, uh, and, you know, like even Moira's like, uh, yeah, no, I can't forget about what happened last night to what uh, to which James is completely dumbfounded and says that nothing happened. And why is this all on him now? Well, and this actually reminded me, I watched an episode of the show with my sister um, during the first week and James was on for like a brief clip and she said, are they allowed to have cocaine on Love Island? Oh, wow. (laughs) She's like, he looks coked up. Oh, that would explain a lot. And so I feel like actually this really, this really adds up. Yeah. It's just. Like it's so much, and more was just being like, "Yeah, I cannot forget about last night. I can't forget how you made me feel." And he keeps being like, "Well, why am I the bad guy? I hate hate this. I feel like James is very much the type of guy where you'd be like, "Hey, you know, actually, that joke hurt my feelings." And he'd be like, "Ah, oh, I'm the worst. I hate myself. I'll never talk again. You'll never have to worry about me." Like he's, it's exactly that energy, and it's so gross. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I got all big. I got big r slash nice guy like mm. <laughs> energy from James here, where it was just like gaslighting her over and over and over. It was really, really cringy to watch. Yeah, like he came into this with like, okay, I fucked up last night. I got to be cool, at least pretending to be cool energy. And all she said was, I can't forget about last night. All of a sudden he's like, okay, 
I'm yeah. the bad guy that uh, so I'm bad. I did it. It's just like he went from zero to a hundred and like nothing. She's it like, took one sentence. She's like, Can you show me basic respect? And he's like, What? I'm the bad guy? What are you I this love, is brand new information? I love the defenses the defense of well, I did the same thing as Carrington. He didn't get in trouble. <laughs> like, okay, mom. <laughs> yeah, he's just like, like, I didn't do anything wrong. I didn't do anything wrong. And it's like you just say I didn't do anything wrong enough times. That's proof. You didn't do anything wrong. That's just science. Yeah. You heard I it mean, here even, first. Like Moira's like, please just don't laugh in my face. And he's like, well, you weren't even looking at me. Like, that's not how this works. You don't get to just like complain about something else in response. And, like, then then you did nothing wrong. You weren't even looking at me. Yeah. It was not good. I don't know. Cause then he would say, you know, he says stuff like you're something else. I don't even know how to feel about you anymore. And like, you know, like all these things. And then when Moira's like, okay, like clearly you feel this way. And he's like, well, I didn't until you did like, okay, James, then don't lash out. Like if you want in on this, like you're acting like a toddler. Yeah. You initiated this James. You pulled her over. Yeah. And it's just so gross. He's keeps talking about how there's something wrong with her. He's done with her. Calvin can have you. And Mackenzie uh, has her MVP moment. Oh, Mackenzie, feminist icon here. Feminist yeah. queen, <laughs> Mackenzie, whatever her last name is. Uh, She's talking about how, you know, guys cannot treat women like property, uh, like the way that he's acting like he could just give Moira to Calvin or not. Uh, you know, if you lose a woman, it's not because someone else took her. It's because she left, uh, tells him not to speak to women that way. Just it, incredible. Yeah, I really like because and it's not that she's just he is saying it in the confessional, but she's also saying it directly to him, like in the moment, like he'll be like, oh, well, she didn't look at me. And she just screams like, stop shifting blame. You do it every sentence. And it's like all this stuff that like uh, you would love for Moira to say, but like, that's just not Moira and that's fine. But it is Mackenzie <laughs> and Mackenzie will say it to James. Well, and it's also sometimes it can be hard when you're in a situation like that to have the presence of mind to even collect your thoughts to, yeah. you know, shut someone down in that way. I feel no like doubt. Moira gives me the vibe that if this was happening to someone else in front of her, she would step up and say something, but it's just like a whole other story when you're mm-hmm. in it and so i just love that mackenzie was there sticking up for another woman shutting down a horrible toxic man and looking fabulous while she does it if i do say so <laughs> myself yeah so often we watch these shows and we're like screaming at our tvs like you're an asshole stop doing that and it's nice to have somebody actually on the show screaming those same things at the person while you're watching it's like sweet i feel mm-hmm. so seen right now yeah, because most shows, it's like, oh, your standing might be impacted. Like, it might be impacted based on you saying stuff, but like, not on Love Island. As long as you got that one person, you're good. You could say whatever you want. And Mackenzie very much knows that. I mean, I guess public votes, but public votes be damned. Mackenzie's going to say something. Well, and again, she's a star. So. Oh, I agree. <laughs> but yeah. I don't know if everyone agrees. Well, we'll get to They're that. wrong. We'll get to that. (laughs) Um, So we have a little Trey and Justine moment. Um, Basically, Justine going over how she is taking, wants to take it slow. Trey's totally fine to go at her pace. He's done with his wild days because he had those in college and is ready to. He's done with his wild days of two days ago. (laughs) Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. I don't think Trey's done with his wild days, but no. <laughs> Trey is the one whose bio literally said people have a perception that I'm a player and they're right. I don't remember if that was exactly Trey, but I know I exactly. His, I don't think it was his bio, but I think it was his intro package. I know he definitely had the secret of hooked up with his friend's girlfriend just to see if he could do it. So I think Trey is, uh, you know, willing to mix it up. And I really did like them here. I really like I was not sure of Trey and Justine before this episode specifically. And to get a nice scene here where Trey is like really now like showing that he is interested in Justine more than just he thinks like Justine will keep him around for longer than Caitlin. It was good to see him like actually willing to like go and connect and put in effort. So I really did like Trey here. Yeah, I'm not sure if I buy it. I think he <laughs> may just like understand that his longevity in the game is tied to doing this, but uh, it's nice that he's doing it anyway. <laughs> could be worse. He could be pulling a James, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so then we get a pretty sweet little Moira and Calvin scene where Calvin is doing all of the right things, being respectful, saying if she wants to talk, they can talk. And if she doesn't want to talk, he'll go away. Uh, they talk about how stressful situations bring out people's true colors and kind of vent a little bit about how gross and bad James is. And I like I think they're sweet. I think I've seen on Twitter one of our listeners is comparing Calvin to Archie from Riverdale, and I don't see that because I I don't hate Calvin. I got I got to unpack that one. Um, they're not wrong. I don't know if they're right, but they're not wrong. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we were talking about Calvin like uh, this Calvin, like big, like you know, he got some douche chills, but I kind of like Calvin, I think. And he like very much saw what James was doing and was like, I'm going to do the opposite. And like, while still throwing like a little bit of shade, like, yeah, you do see people's true colors. But so like, he definitely, you know, was like getting in there, but also, you know, had the right approach, at least for Moira. Well, yeah, yeah all he has 14. to do is nothing. He just exactly. has to sit still and let James ruin it. And he's in. So <laughs> exactly. And again, he's like 12. So of course there's gonna be a little bit of drama. That's fair. Um. So then there's bedtime. James is not staying in the bed with Moira anymore, which is a uh, very not love. I like love Island for him yeah. to have a little Murphy bed because normally in this situation, James would have to go sleep on the couch. I was floored because I did start thinking I was uh, when they said like, oh, that's James's bed. I was like, whoa, they brought in a bed just for James. Like things must be bad because that's not something they do. <laughs> they bring in beds when there are extra couples or like there's so many people in the house, but they don't just because you're in a fight. You don't get a bed. You can sleep outside. You can sleep on the couch. But then I realized this is uh, 107 degrees on a rooftop in Las Vegas. So maybe sleeping outside is not really the best option. So the Murphy bed begin to be, began to make more sense. But the fact that they allowed him to pull it down, but like make the new arrival sleep in bed together made me think that things were at least one of them were very uncomfortable and made that known to producers. Yeah, but I'm just conf like, there, is there a couch that he could be sleeping on? I don't think he deserves a bed. I think he deserves a couch. Uh, <laughs> That's fair. That's yeah, my just the, you know, a little dog bed on the floor. That's too luxurious. <laughs> he could just sleep on the bathroom floor on the cold tiles. 
Um, then it's it's great because then the next morning they have like a little apology, uh, quote unquote, situation uh, where I don't really understand where James learned how to apologize. He does not know what he did wrong. No. So he cannot apologize for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that he comes in with like, I hope we can still be friends. But like, James has no interest in being friends. That's not why he's here. So and like he's like we've said, like he denies he did anything wrong. He won't acknowledge anything she says. She throws it back like he throws it back in her face. So uh, Moira has the correct like response. And like you said, she just walks away mid sentence, ghost him in the villa. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's less an apology and more like, okay, I am officially acknowledging that this is over through no fault of my own, but let's at least uh, make that official. (laughs) Incredible. And also, like, he never has wanted to be friends with Moira. It's not like they were friends and then dated and it didn't work. They were strangers and then they were coupled up on Love Island and then it didn't work because he's a toxic monster. Well, if he was cool with being friends, I don't think he would have had such an adverse reaction reaction when she said that she didn't want to go to second base in the bed every night. I really feel like she like would have been more okay with slowing down. So it like just shows like James is not sincere at all here. Yeah. And Moira blocked it. Mm-hmm. Uh Justine and Caleb have a little a little moment where Caleb brings up that you know, he is interested in Justine, wants to talk to her more. Uh, he says he usually plays it cool, but they both admit that they are attracted to each other. So that's a good moment for our girl, Justine, who has been having a little bit more of a struggle so far. Mm-hmm. I'm always happy to see people interested in Justine. So I was uh, rooting for this one a little bit. See, I still have my eye on it. Yeah, I'm not really invested in any of the starter boys, so let's get the new ones in. <laughs> Mix things up a little. We'll see what happens. It's like they're <laughs> boys. They're like homes. You know, you start with one that doesn't have everything you want so you can work your way towards your dream boy. Yeah. <laughs> um. So the episode ends and the next episode begins with the Vegas themed party, uh, which the, the most notable thing at the start there is that Moira hurts her knee celebrating the party and has to be carried into it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I like the uh, big Christmas Abbott energy on the crutches, you know, running through now on this show. So I'm curious to see how long term these crutches are. Get her yeah. a scooter. Yeah, <laughs> big on the scooter. Yeah, she kind of vanishes in the later episodes. And I think part of it is just that she's like not able to move around and do things anymore. So she's just chilling out in a corner by herself somewhere, probably. Yeah, it kind of ruins the shot to have uh, the crutches in it. Uh, So at this party, they play sexy roulette. Now, have either (laughs) of you heard of sexy roulette before? No, I'm going to be honest with you, though. I haven't heard of a lot of these games they're playing. Um, I had I had heard of suck and blow. That's not what I thought it was. So <laughs> but I had a very tamed childhood and uh, in college years. So it's like, I don't, I don't know what these young people are doing. Oh, I can relate to Moira and where she said, I've never done this before. As if anyone has played sexy roulette on the rooftop of a Vegas casino. Uh, I don't I just I feel like sexy roulette is just a cool kids version of pizza box. Oh, that's fair. Pizza box is a great game. So 
I think it's called landmines for people that are listening and uh, don't call it pizza box based on one Airbnb. Whatever. That's the only time I ever played that game. I mean, me too. My friend educated me. So I figured I would bring people in on the joke. Ugh. Yeah. I've never done anything cool, so I'm lost to either name. So cool. <laughs> I feel like, uh, Evan, you have big uh, Akiva vibes in that you got married very young. Uh, fair. <laughs> <laughs> but, to be, but to be double fair, I was tremendously uncool well before I got married. So. <laughs> Incredible. <laughs> um, so during the, the sexy roulette, uh, there's a bunch of kisses going on. Uh, Jeremiah chooses to kiss Moira over Rachel. Sally kisses Calvin. Uh, Moira gives Connor a peck. Uh, Kirsten dares Connor to do a triple kiss. And that is where the drama of the night comes from. Because Connor does a, tr- a three-person kiss with Rachel and Justine. Yeah. And, and he barely see- kisses them. Yeah, uh, exactly. They're like cheek to cheek, and I'm pretty sure he just put his cheek against theirs. But that doesn't stop Mackenzie from getting upset about it. Yeah, Connor was like making a show of everything he was doing. He was doing very quickly and then getting out. But apparently, he he leaned in too much or something. Oh, I thought it was good because we've seen Justine and Mackenzie are friends. And so I was like, all right, who is Mackenzie going to be the least upset about? Maybe she'll trust her friends. So I was like, all right, Justine, good pick. I didn't know that they were close with Rachel. But, you know, like I said, Mackenzie, I was like, is she more mad because it's her friends? Is she less mad because it's her friends? Now she doesn't have anyone to go to to complain about it necessarily. So, yeah, was not really sure how he should go there. I mean, I will agree with Mackenzie on one thing. I think three-week kisses are disgusting. I was surprised, though, because Mackenzie was and they're not the same thing. But Mackenzie was so excited that Connor was into, you know, spicing it up in the bedroom in on his first time. But then a simple three way peck was way over the line for Mackenzie and not okay. Yeah, I'm not an expert on the actual rules of sexy roulette. Uh, I don't know if turning it down was even an option. I'd have to <laughs> go go into the kitchen and read the rule book on that one. But I sure hope that consent is part of sexy roulette. But you're right. We didn't see the rules. Yeah, I don't. I think it's the type of thing where it's like, uh, OK, here's like a dare. Like, you got to do something like we're on TV. Um, so I think that they all pretty much are, you know, they're not going to do anything that they would not do. But I believe it's like in the spirit of the game, people yeah. are going to do most of these dares. That's true. And so then the guys talk about how Mackenzie was not happy. Uh, Connor is like, well, it was just a game. I had to do it. I would not act this way. Uh, and then has like a really gross confessional about how he's not always going to be such a pushover. I didn't realize trying to make someone happy made you a pushover. Mm, cut to Connor apologizing directly to Mackenzie 30 seconds, like five seconds later, where like they were very clearly trying to make it look like I'm not going to be a pushover, make it look like Connor is a pushover. So, <laughs> I mean, I get from his perspective where he was like, I understand that it's a game. So if Mackenzie was in the same situation, I would not have acted this way. Uh, I feel like it's just a conversation that they need to have. Yeah, definitely a good conversation to have. But the way that it was framed in the show was just a little bit odd. 
Mm -hmm. Um, The big headline of the night is that the hideaway is open for the first time this season. So for any new viewers or people just listening to the podcast and not watching the show, the hideaway is a private bedroom that opens periodically uh, for a couple to get a night alone together. And this time the Islanders got to choose who would go in. And it was obvious Johnny and Sally got the hideaway. Uh, what do you think about the hideaways decoration this year? Because it kind of looked like the suite at like a highway side motel to me where it was uh, not it was not giving me the same vibes as last year's hideaway. I'll say that. Well, I was told that if you don't have anything nice to say, you shouldn't say anything at all. <laughs> and clearly I let that rule my life. So. I have. Let me say this. of. All of the hideaways I have seen on Love Island, this is by far the nicest. <laughs> I would pay, you know, $90 a night to stay in that hotel if I had to. Okay, that's fair. If your car broke down yeah. and, you know, up there, that's fair. If it's the only hotel, I would pay to stay there. <laughs> <laughs> it's like they forgot they had a hideaway and we're like, ooh, quick, like, look, what do we got? What do we got? I mean, it, the nice thing is it doesn't have 12 other people in it. So it has that going for it and some pink curtains. Yep. They cleaned out half a production closet and threw in a bed. So they're good. They were probably setting it up to be, you know, a room just for James so that they could keep him away from everyone else. And they're like, oh, crap. That storyline's a little bit done. Let's, <laughs> let's make a hideaway. Uh, so... Before the hideaway, Sally is like, in the morning, it will not be a walk of shame. It will be a stride of pride. Uh, because, you know, of course, Sally was the one that was compared to a 14-year-old boy last week. So uh, <laughs> we're led to believe that there's going to be some uh, physical uh, touching. I don't know. They're going to go all the way is the impression that we're given. But when they come out of the hideaway, we find out that that was not the case. And they just talked all night. Yeah, I like this uh, phrase, though, stride of pride, not something that I had heard. You've never heard that before. I don't know how I've never heard it. Um, I guess that I am more of a shame person, but (laughs) (laughs) I had never heard stride of pride. So I was like, all right, maybe we'll adopt this once. (laughs) Never been proud of my life. Oh, yeah. You know, in order to have a walk of shame or a stride of pride, you need to actually have the the one night stand first. So I've never heard either phrase. (laughs) You never even heard of it. No, I've heard of it. (laughs) I like the idea where it's like, you know what? If I haven't done the one night stand, I can't even know about the existence of a one night stand. (laughs) You don't know it exists until it happens for you. And then you're like, oh, my God. Wow. Nobody told me. Why didn't I know? It's when the page in the dictionary gets added to your copy. (laughs) Yeah, the government says, okay, this person can have the one night stand page. (laughs) 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 So while they're in the hideaway, um, we do have like a Rachel Jeremiah situation talking about how uh, he picked Moira over her. And he was like, it was just a game. Yeah, I mean, he starts there. It was just a game. I still care about you. Actually, I'm not 100% in, but let me just throw that in as like an afterthought in this conversation. 
Yeah, I think this conversation would be not great with anybody, but with Rachel specifically, she's the one that's like, I'm here. I'm not here to waste time. I'm going to pick somebody and I'm going to go for it. I have eight eggs in Jeremiah's basket. Uh, don't waste my time. Uh, this is happening. And so for Jeremiah to be like, yeah, you know, whatever, maybe who knows uh, th- that's not going to fly with Rachel. Well, and especially they know that it's going to be a guy's elimination coming up. So I feel like any of the guys need to at least try to, mm-hmm. I don't know, yes. not especially the guys, especially the guys that are like Archie really need to try. <laughs> yes, exactly. Well, and, <laughs> hey, Rachel follows up with saying that last night she said that she was 90% in. So that's not 10 eggs. Ooh, that's only that's nine. That's a new egg. That's well, nine eggs. I thought eggs so who came blame? in a dozen. So I Jer- don't understand why the whole thing is about 10 eggs anyways. That's true. That is not a like, full Did she set. eat two? Well, yeah, they're always having <laughs> eggs in the morning. You can't make it all without cracking a few eggs. So, you know, there you go. <laughs> Metaphor well, yeah. solved. Uh, Rachel wants all ten eggs, but she's only giving Jeremiah, Jeremiah nine. I don't know why nine was a good enough in return. I I honestly I you've lost me with the egg talking. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Um, so we get a little bit more Calvin and Moira. Um, you know, Calvin says that she is at the top of his list. She looks good with no makeup on, which is like a nice thing to say, but also. I just hate the way people are like, oh, you you look so good without makeup. Oh, you look so good with makeup. And it's like, just let me live my life. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. There's also just like a tiny bit of a douchiness to it of like, man, I expected you to look shitty without makeup, but you don't. (laughs) Like, or like even still when it's like, oh, you look really good. It's like, oh, are you surprised? Like, like last I checked, they only cast conventionally attractive people on these shows, so I don't really know why you would be surprised at anyone looking good with or without makeup. Yeah, I feel like it, there's a better way to say this. Um, like I'm saying, like I like your sleepwear style, which I thought was an interesting compliment. Uh, does he like what she wears to sleep or says that what she normally wears looks like sleepwear? Because uh, I was a little confused there. But again, the bar he has to cross is not James. So he is crushing it. Well, and again, the bar for men everywhere is so low. (laughs) That being able to, you know, step over this one to me doesn't say that much, but at least he's doing it. Hey, could you resist the line? I want to be your crutch. Because that's what does it for Moira. And I feel like that's what does it for all of us. (laughs) I mean, you know, if someone looked me in the eyes and offered to be my crutch, I don't know if I could say no to them. (laughs) Just just stick me in your armpit and hobble around. (laughs) Oh, no. Oh, no. Okay. Lean on me is better. The lean, the way it got turned to lean on me, that was the better one. (laughs) I just. Oh, no. <laughs> I killed okay. it. That happened. This Podcast is, over. This is gonna be the the recap where we get canceled. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Uh, so yeah, oh. then you know, in the morning we have the cute talk about Sally and Johnny, how they didn't have sex, um, but they had a perfect night, and they are a power couple. And they got closer. And I just got to say, I still really like this couple. 
Me too. They were talking like, oh, they talked about their childhoods and uh, they were like, like you said, they're a power couple. And I was like, yeah, you are a power couple. <laughs> like maybe this is my, I don't know. I'm torn between a couple different. Like this uh, could be my favorite couple. I could see them uh, go in the distance. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I okay, so I tweeted recently that my you know greatest strength is that in every TV show I can name which couple is the Ross and Rachel and which couple is the Monica and Chandler. And I think that Sully and Johnny might be the Monica and Chandler. Mm-hmm. I'm interested to see how things develop as a Monica and Chandler fan, but also as a Mackenzie and Connor fan. So I think they're I Ross have, and Rachel. I think they might be. But I'm not ready to put that label on them yet. Well, that's why I only specifically said the Monica Chandler one. I'm not ready to give my firm stance on the Rachel Ross of this this season. (laughs) Um, so we get, you know, a Connor and Mackenzie conversation where Connor rehashes uh, what happened the night before about how, you know, he wasn't perfect, but her reaction you know, didn't really fit with what was going on. And then she (laughs) has a really great reaction where she starts crying because she's upset that he didn't tell her right away that he was upset and she didn't know how he was feeling. (laughs) I love the like, but you had your workout first. (laughs) Like that was the difference maker was the like 20 minute workout, but okay. Um, Yeah. I don't know. She has like a reason for it where she's like, I've been blindsided in the past and I don't want this. I don't know. It was a lot. Mackenzie, um, like Connor said, he would not have reacted to other things the same way. I don't know if he would have reacted to this the same way, but in a conversation where he's like, yeah, sometimes like you react a little harshly to things and then she has kind of a harsh reaction to him telling her she has harsh reactions. So that was funny. Yeah, and he's doing the thing that she wants him to be doing, right? She's saying like, oh, people blindside me. You don't tell me how they're feeling. He he sat you down to tell you how he's feeling. But he right? has a workout so, first. Oh, yeah. And they, you know, on Love Island, that's like four hours. So <laughs> why did you wait so long? I didn't <laughs> even know. I didn't know you were sad. Yeah, I don't know. I love Mackenzie, big fan, but this was all kind of a lot. So I, I like we said, maybe she hasn't been blindsided in the past and they've tried to tell her and this is their reaction. So I'm not so sure that Mackenzie has been blindsided in the past anymore. Well, and the thing that really gets me about this is that Mackenzie is like, if this is a pattern, I don't know if I could do it. Where it's like, you know, he told you what the problem was literally a day later. I feel like that's better than a a lot of people would do in a situation like this. And I almost feel like he probably wasn't that torn up about everything. He, you know, he apologized right away. It was whatever. I feel like after talking to the other guys, they made it seem like, oh, wow, way she acts. And then it like probably got him more riled up is kind of the vibe I got, even though that's not really what we were shown. 
that's my narrative. Yeah, and also I think Mackenzie can do it. I don't think that they that, that her and Connor are breaking up by Mackenzie's choice at any point during the show oh, so far, at least. Honestly, I mean, maybe not even by. Connor's oh, Connor doesn't get a say, yeah. but it's I, it's not that I think that she should not have the choice. I just don't know if I see Mackenzie making that call. I it would have to be a real special millionaire to come in. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Yep. Um, I liked that it was also in one of the episodes. I can't remember which one when. She's oh, I think it was maybe in the recoupling, or she's like, he taught me accountants could be sexy. <laughs> <laughs> hey that's a slander on accountants i would say I but like there are many sexy accountants and many not sexy accountants just like every profession has sexy and not sexy people you know i was expecting accounts to look like garbage but you look great <laughs> <laughs> last week we learned that people from virginia were real this week we learned that accountants can be sexy so <laughs> educational love island Honestly, I've learned so well, and you learned about the stride of pride. <laughs> that is true. I learned things. They just try schools. And accounts can be sexy is way better than you're the teddy bear I want to tuck into bed. So really, this is the better of their two so far. <laughs> That's true. Uh, so they do get the recoupling announced that morning where the girls have all the power and James is like, oh, I'm going home. Self-awareness. Finally, once from James. Like, why couldn't he carry this in his other conversations? Yeah. Yeah, I like they should have just let him leave two days earlier because I mean he's not doing anything else on the show. No, but he's there to bring the drama. He's like, I have been given up. I'm going to be her friend. Like he's not giving up, James. He is going out on his dying breath. He wants to stay on TV. Exactly. True. Um. So, uh, Rachel and Caleb touch base. She says she wants to get to know him. She's going to talk to Jeremiah. Um, But she feels like Caleb is showing her a little bit more transparency. Uh, And the girls talk about how they hope Jeremiah is saved because they want him to find someone. I wasn't sure about Jeremiah in our cast preview. But yeah, there's moments like this that really did endear me to him. I liked his and Johnny's little bromance, like the the jingle that we had going on. So I was also kind of on their level where I was like, okay, who here can pick him if Rachel does not? Yeah. And I kind of like, I mean, we could get into this later more, but like, I was just feeling like at this point, Justine is like on friend levels with Trey and Jeremiah. And so uh, it's an interesting choice she makes. So you can't let Jeremiah friends on you for like a fourth time. <laughs> like, yeah, it's like there, there's only so many times you can let someone, you know, shut you down. This is almost like her revenge for all of that. She tried. She gave multiple opportunities and he did not want that friend zone. So that's where they're at now. Um. I love there's a conversation where James says that he's still optimistic, which like <laughs> I, I wonder when this particular conversation was filmed. Yeah, I thought the same thing, because at this point in the episode, he's like, I haven't thrown in the towel. I was like, bro, the towel is burned. You lit that on fire like three episodes ago. So I don't know where James thought that he had any chance, but well, it was nice of them to throw that scene in, I guess. For yeah, him. I mean, he didn't do anything wrong. 
We know because he told us so many times. So, like, maybe he does have a chance. Well, and then he approaches Moira, you know, asks, are you nervous? She says she hasn't made a decision. Uh, And he likes to bring out, like, I feel like we've known each other our entire lives. It's been a week. Yeah. No regrets, right? Like, you don't have any regrets with me? Actually, yes, regrets. (laughs) Going to second base with you is a regret, I guarantee you, James, for everyone who's ever gone there with you. (laughs) God. Oh, no. But I was shocked. I I think she was just trying to, like, get him away from her at this point. Oh, yeah. Because he's like, he's like, can you see us, like, getting back to that point? She's like, yeah, (laughs) totally. Which, again, I think was just appeasing him because it felt like she also could not wait to run away out of the situation. Yeah, I think that uh, most women can relate to a situation where a man has made you so uncomfortable that you just act as agreeable as possible to end the situations so that you can leave. And I like I could see it in Moira's eyes that she's like, I'm <laughs> trapped and I need to get out of here. Yeah. They have announced the recoupling. The end is in sight. Yeah. Please leave me alone. She's like, I've asked you so many times to just leave me alone and you can't do it. This one thing. <laughs> um, so then finally we get an Ariel sighting. She comes in looking absolutely stunning as always for the recoupling. Oh, I was so happy to get Ariel. They need to use her more, but I am thankful for as much as we are getting her currently. Well, and especially she's in a quarantine bubble right now. Use mm-hmm. her more. Especially like they're doing, they did a recoupling without her. Like just get her out there, put her on the show. Cause I like her. And that's one of the things that we've said. We like the most about the U S love Island is we really like Ariel. So I am down for as much Ariel as possible on the show. I have not seen previous seasons, so I have no frame of reference on Ariel. So maybe this is a hot take. Does she need to be on the show at all? Uh, <laughs> yes, because I don't she think needs she was adding anything. Like I, I could see it. She maybe needs to be there. She needs to be there. Not the amount she has been there. Like once <laughs> every week and a half is not like a useful amount of a person. Well, you need someone for the finale to announce who won. So I guess that you kind of you could go circle style where they, you know, show up in the premiere in the finale. But I like Ariel more than I like a lot of these people. So I'm good with her taking up a little bit of screen time. I just loved her frantic energy in the premiere. And I want her Mm -hmm. to bring more of that in at least two episodes a week, I, I think. Yeah, and she likes the show, and any host that loves their show and is actually a fan, I will stand. So I like Ariel. We love Ariel, and we love Arissa Cox. True, exactly what I was saying. Um, so through the recoupling, we'll just kind of jo- zoom through this, because I feel like the recouplings are far and away the least interesting parts of most of these episodes. So uh, Sally goes first, obviously picks Johnny. Uh, Kirsten goes on about how handsome and charming Carrington is obviously picks him uh justine talks about how they had a slow start but uh trey is brave and sweet and confident and has great abs picks him (laughs) uh mackenzie comes in talking about how this boy has put a smile on her face uh oh this is where she learned accounts can be hot chooses connor uh rachel did not expect this week to go the way it did excited for the future with caleb uh moira's 
uh, speech for Calvin, I thought was very interesting because, again, it's been about a day and a half. And she says this boy lights up a room, puts a smile on her face, makes everyone feel like they're his best friend. I choose Calvin. And uh, James is just kind of like, okay, bye. Miss you guys. (laughs) The first Uh, time James has nothing to say. Well, I think that they were like, get him out now. They were like, you have 30 seconds. Like they say they have 30 (laughs) minutes to pack, but it was like, Jeremiah, you can stay for 30 minutes, but James has got to go. Uh, And Jeremiah had, I thought it was really moving uh, at the end about how he had found a brotherhood and he hopes everybody finds love and he can't wait to see them all on the outside. And like everyone is crying. Yeah, they like flashed to like every guy crying, including me. And I was like, okay, I like Jeremiah now. So that was a turn that I was not necessarily expecting based off just the bios. But yeah, there was even I don't know if you saw there was a clip that they released on like Instagram and like deleted almost immediately. But of course someone screen recorded it and he's like talking to Rachel about how like he actually really did like her and he's like upset to be leaving her. And it was just like, Oh, uh, like it made me feel even worse for him. Yeah. It was really just sweet and sad and great. So we say goodbye to Jeremiah and James and James also gets his little last moment to be like, I got cut short because of a misunderstanding. Mm, nope. Yes. Did not. Yes, That's James, is. there is a misunderstanding. You do not understand that you are horrible and not compatible with Moira. <laughs> well, don't worry. James is, according to a screenshot on Reddit, already on Hinge. He is back out on the oh dating my game. God. So oh. if you are in, you know, whatever mile radius of James and probably Las Vegas still at this point, you're in luck. I just, to quote one of my favorite podcasts, my favorite murder, toxic masculinity ruins the party again. (laughs) Um, So we end the episode finding out about a new girl coming in. Her name is Lauren. She is 29. She is from the UK. uh, And she says she believes in the girl code, but also finds Johnny attractive. And now my question for you, Scally, is this. Why the hell didn't isn't she waiting to go on UK Love Island where she'll get way more followers and money and her life will change? Well, Lauren is 29, which is very young, but I don't know if it's very young for UK Love Island. So probably she has been applying, did not get accepted. US Love Island comes around and Lauren says, "Eh, I guess. So (laughs) this is how we get Lauren on Love Island. And you know what? I will take any British slang that I can get. And yeah, I mean, just an excuse to, like, leave the house for a few weeks. Uh, you take that. I can't imagine right now being someone who is not from the United States being like, yeah, I'll fly to the United States. <laughs> hey, she could be, like, already living here. She'd be quarantined, mm-hmm. like, got stuck here and got a flight back. <laughs> like yeah, she some... said she lives in Los Angeles, so she's, okay. she's oh, from okay, around okay. here. There we go. She's trying to make it. So this is the only show that's filming right now that Lauren could get on. And so at the end of the uh, Monday night episode, we got the opportunity to vote on which guy we wanted to go on a date with Lauren. Did either of you vote for this? I did. And um, I voted for Trey. Okay. Scally, did you vote? I did not get to, but I saw a lot of my friends being messy voting for Connor online. So I am your friends because I voted for Connor. (laughs) Uh, Why would you do this to Mackenzie? Here's the thing. Okay. 
it was fun and it was <laughs> supposed to be dramatic. I I looked at the list of guys and I said, what's the messiest outcome? And then I said, Connor. But I yeah. didn't think that the rest of America would vote with me on this. Because normally America's like, oh, we like sweet angels. We don't want any drama. But for once, an America vote was on my side. And Connor won the vote. See, I think America looked at Connor as that sweet angel and thought, let's get him away from Mackenzie, which is the opposite opinion that I have. But you can't win them all. Oh, well, I don't like it from that perspective. I was just trying to be messy. I yeah. I like Mackenzie. And if anybody doesn't like Mackenzie, they need to get out of here. Well, (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Not here. Like, continue listening to the podcast. But, like, that's all the interaction I want with you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, She's great. And everyone should know it. And if you don't know it, I hope you come to appreciate it. I I think that we did get some comments from people being like, I didn't understand what you were talking about. But now I do, and I'll never question you again. And I just hope everybody gets on our side in this way. We have taste. (laughs) And we saw it. Taste. Ever heard of it? (laughs) Uh, So after the recoupling, Carrington is upset about losing his friend. Um, He says (laughs) it is like... Uh, his parents are in the military, so he knows what it's like when your best friends disappear overnight. Now, I don't know where Carrington's parents are in the military, but I also have military parents. And it's not often that it's like an overnight situation. You yeah. normally get a little notice that your friend will be gone. But also... Coming from that background, it gets a lot easier to just cut people out of your life forever because you're like, oh, oh wow. yeah, you're like, oh, people disappear. And then uh, like at the school year ends and then they don't come back and then you never see them again. And you just get really good at that, uh, which is why I will cut anybody out of my life at a moment's notice and not well, be Carrington bothered. Carrington is still in school. So this is very fresh <laughs> for him. <laughs> and so Carrington is very upset, but he's like, no, I'm okay. I'm always okay. Which to that, that hit me right in the heart because that's mm, something I mm. would say. And exactly. Like, it's like exactly something I would say. I think I probably Dang. said that to you, Scally, within the last six months. Yep. And, uh, Kirsten goes, you know, but it's okay not to be okay sometimes, which I thought was very yeah. sweet. Did hit me too, where I was like, okay, so I was the kid who at our like summer community, when I had to say goodbye to my friends for like six months, I would be like silently crying in the car on the way home. So I get Carrington and I would see them again, whereas he was not. So for him to, that to bring that back up for him, I did not blame him and actually liked him more in this moment. Uh, I liked Kirsten's response to him. So I thought like, all right, maybe this is going to work. Or not. <laughs> maybe, maybe not. Um, I like how at the end, Moira's like, I'm just so glad that James is gone, that the end of that situation ship is here. I can breathe in my new relationship. I thought that, like, I want good things only for Moira. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, to call it a situation ship really applies that she was never into it at all. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. It. And I don't, I feel like she was. I feel like the first few days were good. I'm going to make a ruling right here and right now. 
if you have been together less than a week, I'm not counting it as a relationship. No, that's fair. So it, it was a situationship. It doesn't matter how much she was into it at the start. Yeah, but you can call it a show. You can call it what a coupling. You don't have to call it a situation where it's like, yeah, uh, we just kind of ended up together, which I don't feel like was true to what happened. Uh, but he, I understand not calling it a relationship. I was not trying to put a label on it. I'm not Mackenzie. <laughs> Incredible. Sorry, I got really distracted. There's a stray cat on my on my patio. Oh, the cat's back. That's She's fair. Back. I've decided I'm naming her Daisy. Daisy. Mm. That's a cat name. I buy that. And she's in the garden. It's really fitting. Anyways, nobody listening to this podcast cares, and I'm not going to go back to edit that out. So we should move on. <laughs> um, so Moira and Calvin, you know, get to chat a little bit. Um they're talking about how like Moira said so many nice things and Calvin was just hoping that she was talking about him. Oh. Which I guess is a very Archie Andrews thing for him to say. <laughs> yes. Like I said, I like him when she was like, everyone thinks Calvin is their best friend. Like, that's fine. Call him young. Me and him will be fellow youths. We'll be best friends. <laughs> I'm very, I'm liking Calvin. I did not think I was going to at all when he first walked in. Calvin is a sweetie. He's not for me personally, but nobody really is. So I can handle him and Moira. <laughs> That's fine. And if he gets boring, he can go. But like, he's not the most exciting personality. So when he leaves, I'm not going to be that upset. But for now, I like Calvin. He's fine. I'm just worried that he's going to go full Archie Andrews. He's going to either join a fight club, uh, get an acoustic guitar out, or go to jail, or all three. So I, I'm a little nervous about that. But that sounds I'll, like fun drama. I'll get past it. Yes, you know, if you're trying to get a bunch of shirtless guys to stand behind you to film a terrorist video, I mean, this is the place to do it. He's got the shirtless guys. Hmm. They were vigilantes, not terrorists. <laughs> Those are different things. <laughs> I've never seen Archie, but I do feel confident in that. <laughs> in this con, I I would say in the context of Riverdale, they're very different. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyways, so uh, Justine and Trey have a very uh, cute conversation. Uh, Trey feels like they've solidified a little bit more. Um, that she's the highlight, even though Jeremiah is gone. And I feel like this is really great because it's going to be women's elimination next. And so Trey kind of firming things up with Justine is a, a great sign for us who love Justine. Okay. Trey pulls out a move that I meant to bring up last time and that I did not. He pulls like a cheek, cheek, forehead kiss. And I don't love it. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. It feels like um, something you may do to your child. And I understand that they want to move slow, but that's not the slow that I'm looking for on this show. Yeah, he did it so awkwardly, too. Like he was kind of leaning towards her. And she's like, oh, no, are you going to kiss me? And <laughs> then he's like, then he's like initiating the like, oh, I wasn't going to, but let's do this cheek, cheek, forehead thing because you're clearly comfortable with me kissing you on the face in places. It's like the recovery move. You should have just gone with, oh, I was just, I saw sweat on your upper lip. So, you know, oh, did either of you watch the Saturday show? I did and realized maybe it was an invitation. Caitlin seems to have been asking quite a few people if she had sweat on her upper lip. Okay, so I did not get to because I've been moving. Can you, you so Caitlin okay. was asking everybody? 
I have notes on this. So it's right after the first couple eggs. So Caitlin and Carrington have coupled up. They sit down. They're having their very first conversation. And Caitlin opens with, are you religious? First question. (laughs) Carrington replies, no, I'm not. I'm trying to turn up and get a little drunk tonight. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Pete Carrington. Like immediately a character. It's my response to any question that I'm asked also. So can relate. Turn up and get a little drunk tonight. (laughs) Yeah. So then Caitlin says, Oh, so did you come here to meet someone or just the party? And then Carrie (laughs) says, like, oh no, I'm here for the right reasons for sure. What about you? It's like you just Okay. And then Caitlin's like, oh yeah, definitely. Can I ask you one question? So this is the third question she busts out. Do I have upper lip sweat right now? (laughs) And Carrington says, yeah. And Caitlin's like, do I? You weren't supposed to tell me. (laughs) I was dumbfounded at every step of that conversation. Yeah. There was a lot of twists and turns. Um, we were wrong. Maybe Caitlin was not looking to kiss Trey. Uh, maybe. Uh, yeah, I don't know. That like, was it's it's an interesting line to be pulling out to basically everyone you're speaking to in the villa, though. Like I had two reads on the situation with Trey. It's like either a she wanted Trey to kiss her or B. She knew she had a sweaty upper lip and she was testing to see if Trey would be honest. Right. That was what I thought at first. But no, she wants to see if someone will lie to her about her sweat lip. I, I just if thing. I ever find out that I have a sweat lip and somebody lied to me about it, I'll never forgive them. <laughs> And I am definitely not commenting on any of Caitlin's personal practices, but it, but like, you know, where people get Botox to stop sweating and then a new place starts sweating. Cause that would be a very unfortunate place to start sweating all of a sudden, all the time. I well, I know, like I saw someone on social media where they get it, the Botox in their armpits to stop armpit sweat. And then now their face gets really sweaty. But I could see a situation where someone got the Botox in their armpits to stop that from sweating. But then they also have Botox on their face. So there's like a very limited square footage that can sweat. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know. Like I said, I don't claim to know Caitlin's per- sort of personal Again, uh, sweat practices or Botox practices again, or I, uh, anything else. Doesn't bother me at all. If I were yeah, not exactly. impoverished, I would also be getting Botox. <laughs> you know, if I had a sweaty upper lip, though, and I knew about it, I don't think I would ask that the first time I'm meeting someone. I think, that would you know, be my go-to line. I think if I had a, an upper lip that sweaty, I would start carrying blotting papers. <laughs> it's just a thought. Hey, it happens. Uh, so we get Lauren is here. She is a Scorpio, and we know this because of her necklace. Uh, that means, as I've learned, Lauren brings drama, right? <laughs> Scorpio is like very passionate, very intense. I think that a lot of the times in relationships, people think of Scorpios as the ones that really like uh, intercourse um oh (laughs) and (laughs) but like they're very like deep passionate intense personalities in general um it's like the main scorpio thing uh 
I like she she really likes Johnny the best. And she also says that she and Johnny could be a power couple. And I'm like, did you see Sally say that? And you just wanted it. Like, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> was it incepted or was it a conscious decision to bring that up? Exactly. Um, and then, of course, everyone meets Lauren and starts doing their horrible British accents. Do we have any terrible British accents on the Skype call? Not that I'm. Oi, governor! Yet. How you doing today? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I'm glad you all came for my last podcast on the RITP network. <laughs> Evan came out here to try and kill me. Is, is what you're doing tonight? The uh, it's when I am watching the UK Love Island more frequently, maybe I'll feel more impracticed and, you know, break one out. But the first reaction to someone realizing someone's British should not be to do a terrible impersonation of their accent because it doesn't feel polite to me, at least. I will admit I'm watching Downton Abbey with my sister right now, and sometimes they'll say a line and then I'll try to mimic their accent and repeat their line. <laughs> it's been a few days so i have no faith in even a bad british accent coming out it's in the privacy of your own home where it should be right now. yeah <laughs> that's right we are just in the privacy of your own home um i love uh Mackenzie talks about how Connor isn't her type, but that they are officially boyfriend and girlfriend, which have we seen that conversation? I don't think so. (laughs) I don't think Connor saw that conversation. (laughs) Well, we've already discussed Connor has no say in this. It is news to us and to Connor. Maybe this was the conversation. (laughs) Although on night two, Mackenzie did say they're an established couple. So maybe that was it. (laughs) <laughs> that's the conversation yeah, when, when someone says in front of a man we're an established couple that means they're boyfriend girlfriend okay. same standards of if it's less than seven days it's not a relationship if it's less than seven sentences it's not a conversation <laughs> I mean there were more than seven sentences it just wasn't Connor talking no. <laughs> um, so everyone is all about Lauren because she's hot uh, Lauren thinks Johnny and Carrington are hot. Um, they, she talks about how she normally dates younger to her detriment. <laughs> Again, I love self-awareness. <laughs> if you can recognize your problems um, and still seem to have no interest in changing them, then then they're OK for me. <laughs> as long as it brings a mess to my TV show. That's oh, exactly. fine. Yeah, it seems like she has no interest in an actual relationship, at least at this point. She's just here to be messy and cause drama, which, you know, I'm here for. My favorite is when Lauren talks to Connor about Connor being official with Mackenzie. <laughs> and Connor's like, no, I, I'm waiting for a special way to make it official. <laughs> like, yeah, uh, no, like we're we're there, but I and like it, it maybe happened, but like I'm waiting to like make it spe- like, OK, you guys had your first kiss. You guys are already boyfriend and girlfriend. You don't get to decide to just hold off and make it special later. And think, the other ones don't count. I think they do. They can kiss and be like, that was a game. It's not real. We haven't yeah. had our first kiss yet. OK, so I think that's just what they do. <laughs> if this conversation happened, I feel like we would have seen it. 
Yeah, it's hard. Well, it could have gone either way, right? It could be the conversation happened and Connor is just oblivious to the world. Or it could be that the conversation didn't happen and Mackenzie is oblivious to the world or some combination in the middle. Like this is perfectly in character for both of them, uh, which is why I love it so much. Well, being when Connor goes back to the guys and he's like, Oh yeah, I told like Mackenzie uh exactly what I told Lauren and like it was cool. And I'm like, no, you didn't. You didn't yeah. do that. So I don't think Connor is a reliable narrator here. Um, that's what I'm starting to see. And everyone's wrong. This is why Mackenzie knows she's not lying. Connor is either misunderstanding, uh, you know, misspeaking, or intentionally leaving things out in conversations. Well, and I, I feel like this backs me up a little bit on um, the way Connor is in his relationship versus the way Connor is with his boys is not the same person. And they like yeah. rile him up. That's fair. I mean, as riled as Connor gets, which well, is like, like a two on the riled scale. <laughs> you know, I'm really riled up. So tomorrow we're going to have a very calm conversation after my workout, <laughs> after my workout. <laughs> Uh, yeah I don't know I personally was very surprised to see Connor being uh, at least admitting to being open to talking to Lauren before she showed any interest in him I feel like it's not real hmm. why is that <laughs> I just I don't think it's real because again he doesn't have a say in his relationship with McKenzie. Yeah, no, I mean I understand that much but uh, he still thinks he has a say at the moment it appears so I am at least surprised that he is putting that out there yeah I, I, it v- seemed very off to me um, there's some Carrington and Lauren drama because you know Lauren is very into Carrington physically uh, Kirsten gets super stressed out about how long they're talking uh, and then we get a lot of, uh, you know, Carrington's like, I was just getting to know Lauren. Like, it's fine. You just have to trust me. Nothing's changed. And she's like, well, I went on two dates and all I could talk about was you. And why are you talking about her? <laughs> it was a lot. Like, <laughs> I, I went on two dates with other men. Why can't you be loyal like me? <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's she does bring up that she's scared because she's been cheated on in the past. And I just think that if someone has problems with that, they probably shouldn't go on a show like Love Island where people aren't allowed to say no if they're asked out on a date. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you have different approaches to this where like Kirsten is sitting across the uh, like roof and they're like, don't cry. Don't cry. Like, Oh, she was about to cry. Nothing happened. Like, so that surprised me. Whereas when Lauren is talking to Connor, Mackenzie is physically like a spider monkey on his back. And she's like, I'm not intimidated, but crossing her arms, like showing body language that very much is like, don't speak to me. So uh, yeah, I don't think either of them is handling uh, you know, Lauren showing up particularly well, but at least Kirsten is not doing this all in front of Lauren, I guess. Well, and to be fair, I don't know if there's a way to do this situation well. True. Uh, so I, I don't want to get like too down on either of them. It's just like for zero to a hundred with these people. Mm-hmm. I just think it's wild that 
every single man there immediately decided that in this group of incredibly attractive women that Lauren was definitely the hottest. Uh, not necessarily a take I would have had, but it just seems weird that like they've, I mean, it's only been a week and a half, but they all have these like established things with very beautiful women. And all of a sudden, like they see a person once and they're all like, throw that in the garbage. Let's all get on the British trade. It's, <laughs> it's just baffling how quick, like, like we had Johnny and Sally were like the power couple and all and Johnny's like over it already. It's wild how quickly this woman has changed every single man's opinion in this game. Uh, I feel like it's almost where like, like every single person in this villa is ridiculously attractive. Uh, but when you spend a, you know, large amount of time with someone and then the shiny new toy comes in. Like when I was a little kid and I live very, very close to New York city and would go into New York city on the train very regularly and then see on the prices, right. That people were, you know, fainting and falling over themselves to win a trip to New York city. And I was like, I don't get it. Like it's here. I don't understand why everyone is so excited, but that's cause it's right in front of you all the time. Whereas Lauren is, you know, the new shiny object that walked into the villa. And now you would give anything for a trip into New York City. Uh, don't remind me. <laughs> now you understand. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's an apt analogy. I have a kid who is very into new shiny objects, so I buy that. <laughs> I am a kid who's very into new shiny objects. <laughs> and Lauren, like, she seems cool. Like I said, everyone in the villa is extremely attractive. So, like, there's nothing wrong with any of these people, especially, like, where, again, power couple Sally and Johnny, they're both like, yeah, it's cool. If someone want, one of us wants to talk to someone else, like, we're not closed off. That's not what this show is. And, like, they get it. So that is probably the best way. Uh, you know, you might lose someone that way. Uh, but probably if you're being uh, overbearing like a James, you were going to lose him anyway. So acting cool, understanding what the point of the show is, is generally always going to be your best way to go. Fake it till you make it too. Exactly. Like if you're stressed about it, just pretend you're not, you will get way further. Just acting like and, everything's fine. And pretend better than James pretended because he did not <laughs> pretend well. He Was James pretending at any point? Stressed, never been stressed, never heard of it. Don't have the page in the dictionary. Never heard it, never felt it, never experienced it. <laughs> it's fine. Exactly. Um, we get uh, more Trey and Justine, which is very cute um, of him saying that he's not going to pursue anything with Lauren. He owes Justine respect. Um, Justine is now worried that they're going too slow. Um, because apparently she normally falls in love really fast and fall, not falling in love within in 10 days, I guess, is really not OK. Yeah, um, I don't know. She wanted to go slow and I'm not like, you know, that's totally fine, normal, good. But then seemingly is like, you know, I'm not feeling it. And I really have been while going slow, still trying to feel it. And it's just not there. So I was really rooting for them and kind of feel like it just like all at once just absolutely shattered. Oh, yeah, yeah, it came out of nowhere. Yeah, Justine, it seems like such a nice person. Like, of all of the people in the villa who I would want to hang out with in real life, she's like one or two on the list. She seems like a nice, normal person who would be fun and not a lunatic. So I'm rooting for her in that sense, but she's got to pull out something soon because she's just not giving us the goods on the show. 
I'm nervous. I don't know. It, there's like always people where I really like them, but like, are they the most exciting TV? Not necessarily, but I am rooting for them. So there's like that push and pull. It's the same thing I said uh, with a Calvin of, I am going to be rooting her for her the whole time she's here. But if she happens to go home, I'm not going to be absolutely heartbroken. But I mean, I guess like she said that Jeremiah was like very brave for putting his feelings out there when he was at risk. I think she's taking the same page out of that book. She wants to be brave. If you could do what's brave or what's smart, be brave. (laughs) Is that the saying? (laughs) I think that's what Julie Jen will say this Thursday. (laughs) That's that's the Thursday. Um, uh, Lauren and Johnny talk uh, a little bit. Johnny says that him and Silly are still getting to know everyone. But they have a good conversation. Trey takes her away. Uh, Trey and Lauren, it gets like... The, I'm just going to read verbatim what's written down in the notes here. Lauren was born with umbilical cord wrapped around her neck and was born dead. Trey just wants to be happy. She says she thought he was a game player. Trey okay. says if Lauren shows interest, it's going to be hard to stay with Justine. Well, I mean, that's all a roller coaster. The- all the points are there. <laughs> it, it, it did happen. I Accurate. <laughs> so a little peek behind the curtain is that Scally and I share notes for the show. And normally we take turns writing notes. But Scally's been really uh, the MVP during my move. And <laughs> I just read that part for the first time. Call me Mackenzie because I'm carrying the show. Uh, wow. <laughs> no, but you're the you're the popular one that they send on a different you know group. So, <laughs> but like for Laura, they're like, tell me something I wouldn't know about you. Um, I was born dead. <laughs> like, oh, a more interesting line than I'm just here to party and get drunk tonight. But what's her deepest darkest fear? Because I mean, if you're born dead. What is there to be afraid of? What's left? Hashtag YOLO. Lauren is technically undead. She is a zombie (laughs) showing up here. Um, She's just looking for a necromancer. (laughs) I don't know why they let a zombie into the quarantine bubble. (laughs) Probably not a great idea. You know, I didn't know where you were going when you said she's looking for a neck. And I thought it was going to get dark, but you know, you pulled it out. Um, well, and also for the record, Evan has said YOLO. YOLO is now dead if it wasn't already. <laughs> I said hashtag YOLO, double dead. So you killed hashtags and YOLO. No, not hashtags. <laughs> okay. Can we talk briefly about the hashtags on this show? Yes. What is up with these hashtags? They're it's great. Classic Love Island. I, I've never seen the show before. This is my first experience. And like the conceit is that these are text messages. I'm an old out of touch person, but do people hashtag in text messages? I don't no. think that's a thing. No. So I mean, my general. second thought was that this was like, okay, this is like, you know, come see me at tribal council. Come see me at tribal council tonight. Hashtag survivor, hashtag tribal council, hashtag the tribe has spoken. It's like stuff that they want you to tweet along with. But these hashtags are not stuff you should be tweeting along with. (laughs) It was like one of them was literally Mile High Club. And please do not tweet that hashtag. 
Well, now I want to look up some, that hashtag. <laughs> might find some interested viewers. But if Kelly Rowland can text in Microsoft Excel, then you can throw a few hashtags in some text and they're going to be fine. They're, you know, they're mixing it up. I enjoy that. Like we've said before, they don't take the show too seriously. So throw in some jokes at the end of every text. They, ha- they have to I'll, do it. I'll buy. Yeah, I mean, they're into it now. Like now I'm just waiting to see what mess of a hashtag it's going to be. Yeah. And every so often you'll get like a really good one. So that's always what I'm on the eye. You for. just have to wait for it. It's just like with the like voiceover. Sometimes they're not great. And then other times you just got to wait and it's perfect. Um, So Lauren finds out that she's going on a date and America has voted for her to go okay. on a date. With Real Connor. quick. I don't think we talked about where Carrington has now told Johnny that he's very into Lauren and doesn't find Kirsten interesting at all anymore, basically. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Where did that come from? I blocked it out because it made no sense to me. Yeah, it was weird. I don't understand it. It's like, I didn't think that the conversation that was being had was like so electric, but I mean, I guess I didn't think the same about Kirsten and Carrington's conversations. And they were talked about all the time about how they got so deep. Uh, So maybe it was a low bar, but I guess Kirsten was right to be worried across the rooftop. You know, yeah, I'm worried for her. Like she, they, Kirsten and Carrington are the Harry and Francesca of this season. If anyone watched too hot to handle where there's like probably the hottest girl there with a doofy idiot boy child. And it makes no sense, but at a certain point, it's all they have. Um, and I just, I'm, I'm, I'm worried for Kirsten now. Cause, uh, if Carrington's cause, cause the girls are going home next. And if Carrington's already cut bait, then, uh, it could be trouble or my smoky eyed fave. You in danger girl. Yeah, not great. Uh, like I said, she uh, another one where I enjoy her this episode, but if she goes, I'm not going to be crying about it like Jeremiah and all the guys. Uh, it's just uh, a sad circumstance that she finds herself in seemingly immediately. Yeah, she could have jumped ship last episode and uh, should have apparently. Yeah. Well, but we had no way of knowing that and neither did she. No. I mean, has she met Carrington? I mean, that could have been a clue. <laughs> like Carrington, like Carrington's friends, his feelings for Kirsten disappeared overnight. <laughs> so she really could not have seen it coming. Uh, you know, classic military child behavior from Carrington. I honestly, it's fine. <laughs> he is ready to cut people out of his life at a moment's notice. Yeah. And you know what? What's wrong with that? The lack of meaningful <laughs> relationships. <laughs> Who there needs meaningful relationships? <laughs> I have friends. I'm sure Carrington does too. There you go. Um. So anyway, so Lauren's dates. America voted for Connor, which, uh, sorry, everyone for my part in voting for Connor. <laughs> America goes home. It is your fault. I wanted it no. to be messy and funny and if Mackenzie goes home because of this I will never forgive myself yeah Um, I will shame you next time if that happens I'm just gonna say it (laughs) sorry Uh, so then Lauren picks her other two dates and she picks Johnny and Carrington Sally isn't worried and Mackenzie has like an all time incredible reality TV moment of 
why would America do this to me? You know, for once, I think this is a fair reaction because it does not. She's right. It does not happen often where they pick the guy in the most stable relationship, at least from her opinion, uh, to go on a date. Uh, occasionally, if he is like supremely popular, but usually both halves of the couple are popular in that case. So it was I don't think it was an unfounded concern. But it was an incredible moment. Yeah, it was. And like, even when Lauren like tries to comfort her, she's like, babe, it's just a date. <laughs> like, you, you don't have to freak out. We're just going to talk. And she's like, I'm going to throw up. <laughs> like, Why okay, are they taking my boyfriend? <laughs> so funny. Like, yeah, he's going to when- be back in an hour. When, when Lauren comes up and Mackenzie's like, I'm going to go throw up and she leaves. And then Lauren's like, OK, well, let's go. Well, you let's can see, up. too, there's a really great scene of Mackenzie and Connor is trying to reassure her. And Lauren is like 10 feet away, just looking away, looking like what is going on. Well, even when Mackenzie's like, I'm going to throw up and like runs away and Connor's like, eh, don't worry about her. <laughs> like he's been through this every day for seven days now. He knows the routine and it's not a great reaction, especially when, uh, you know, previously she has gotten on him about not following her quick enough to be walking in the opposite direction with the new girl. I can't wait until tomorrow's episode opens with, and you just walked away from me. Yeah, it's not great. I feel bad. I do feel bad though. Cause like we said, Mackenzie's a feminist icon. I am a big fan. She is the star of the show right now. And she takes it as America saying that she's not good enough for Connor, which I kind of feel like it's what they were saying. <laughs> and I, I uh, feel no, there's no way someone thinks Connor's too good for Mackenzie. That's what people I please. Who? You saw the winners last year. Ugh. I'm Anybody sorry. Anybody who has this opinion. Bit, Ugh. Yeah, I don't what, know. You think just, Zach I... and Elizabeth are listening to a Love Island season two podcast? What else do they have going on? They in quarantine? don't know what a podcast is. That is true. Like, come on. <laughs> I'm just getting it out there. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so the episode ends with that. So we will come back Thursday night. We will find out how these dates went, uh, how Mackenzie's reaction went, and it's going to be pretty great. But in the meantime, we do have some questions from the audience. Not many because I was late on posting it because I was moving. So I'll be more on the ball soon. Guys, I'm sorry. Um... A few people asked about why do they use the terms boy and girl to refer to each other during the recoupling ceremonies? And I don't. I have no answer for this. <laughs> like this <laughs> is weird. Just, <laughs> this is just how Love Island has always done it, um, but that doesn't mean it's good. I like it. <laughs> you you like I, calling people boys and girls? The, I think it's like they're trying to be like fun and young. And you know that every guy on this show would be talking about like, oh, the girls this, the girls that when they would be saying like the men and the girls. So I want to give it to an equal place. These are boys. <laughs> they uh, act like boys, many of them. So I think it's fine. And I don't hate it. I do like the point of at least it's even. 
Exactly. It's boys and girls. And that's it. And that's what we're going with. I I just think the recoupling ceremonies are super awkward where they're like the boy that I want to spend my nights with in bed is the one that's <laughs> like, it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. None of this is good. No, shut it down. <laughs> like it doesn't even need to be gendered. You can just say person. Person's a word that's out there. Um, and man and woman are also words that exist. Um, you know, it's just really uh, weird and uncomfortable to hear boy and girl used like eight times in three sentences in these recoupling speeches. It is a lot. It, it's it's very unsettling. Uh, we also got a question from Natalie underscore July on Twitter uh, that it seems like America purposefully voted for the most controversial date. And she doesn't feel like uh, we have seen that much in the UK. Do we think that that will continue this season? And do we like it or not? Like voters prioritizing drama over potential connections. I love prioritizing drama and usually advocate for it way more. But like I said, I feel like it was them actually prioritizing someone who they thought was like, oh, the darling, uh, when really Mackenzie is the star of that relationship. Yeah, I think voters just need to like, be aware, vote strategically here, because you know that the next recoupling, a woman is going home, not a girl. Um, and so you just like, don't pick the guy that you want to go on the date with. Pick the guy that's in a relationship with the woman you like the least. That's how you should have been voting here. And anyone who didn't is a monster. Hey, <laughs> I'm sorry. I messed up. Okay. I'm really sorry for what I did. And it will not happen again. Um, we have a question um, on Facebook in the Rob has awesome patrons. Facebook group from uh, Kevin asks, was there any way for James to save himself? No. Next question. <laughs> well, he could have changed fundamentally who he is as a person, and that maybe would have worked. If he did everything, if he did none of the things that he did, that maybe he could have pulled it out. Uh, and still maybe not. Yeah, that's fair. Um, we have Sheldon Keith Pereira says, uh, Moira being the Christmas abbot is super amusing as she hobbles around in the background with her crutches. Now a relationship uh, now a toxic relationship with a heavily tattooed man. Uh, Mackenzie is a gift that keeps on giving. Uh, and Vegas style, place your bets on which week Johnny's ex is coming in. I feel like she's not coming in is what we came to last week. Yeah, that's my assumption. If anything, like we said, she's going to have to quarantine for a bit. So don't expect to see her next week. Yeah, especially if, if Johnny and uh, and Lauren wind up doing a thing, because that's the other thing is that uh, Lauren got to pick two other guys to go on dates with afterwards. And she picked Johnny and Carrington. So uh, I would have an eye on all relationships as being in trouble. So if Johnny's not into like perfect, stable relationship, they're trying to shake up. then I don't know that they'll go out of their way to shake that up. Yes, incredible. Uh, this comment, I just have to read for my own self personally. It's from Zach zamolski Uh This is less of, of a question and more of a confession. After the last podcast, I had not picked up on the toxicity of James in the episodes. I was confused what y'all had seen. Then this week's episodes happened and I vowed to never question Kirsten McInnes again. And you need to all <laughs> keep that energy moving forward. Yeah, I mean... James is toxic. Mackenzie, we stand. We said this from the beginning and I'm glad to be proven right. Yes. Once again. And uh, then we have, this is a really great point. Um, Andrea Christy Trantham brought up 
I get annoyed with how heteronormative the show is. Wouldn't any more slash any by cast members raise the drama level or does CBS think they'd lose viewers? And yeah, I do wish that there was more representation from non heterosexual relationships because uh, it would be more interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That one season of Are You the One that they did where everyone in the cast was by was amazing. And it's like, I don't know why no one else has replicated that yet because it's like strictly better. Well, and it's I- twice as messy because there's twice as many people to be messy with. And, and so, like, on that alone, it's great. And, like, we have had, you know, um, throughout the history of Love Island, there have been, you know, brief moments of not. Uh, heterosexual couples but I feel like a lot of the time they'll cast like one bisexual woman on the show to be like oh maybe she'll hook up with a girl but it's never like giving them an option to actually have a relationship that doesn't align with the the heteronormativity of the show uh, and that that is definitely something that could be improved Mm-hmm. Like you said, there have been a few cases, even on like Love, uh, you on US season one or UK, I believe, like seasons two and maybe three, um, where they have had a few bisexual uh, women, and that's always you know the more representation the better. Uh, I mean, like you said, let alone someone else doing it. Why is Are You the One not doing a all sexually fluid season? Uh, they're probably their best season. So I don't know why they're so averse to it but it definitely could help the show yeah it's rough for love island specifically because they are so tied into the boys this girls that it's like built into how the show eliminates people that like unfortunately uh, this show is built on a foundation of heteronormativity so they would have to fundamentally change some stuff which I'm 100% here for they should do mm-hmm. that but I don't know that just throwing in like one or two bi people would actually work within the confines of the current rules of the game yeah well, it, it needs to be more sweeping but they did also have in um, Bachelor in Paradise a couple of seasons ago there was uh a woman who was by and another she was dating another woman and they just let one of those women pick on guys day yeah on on, and even on the uk um i won't spoil which season or who or when or anything along those lines but like we've said there have been a few by cast members and uh where you know two people of the same gender matched up on love island uk they just said okay by everybody else and allowed them to stay together so i think that they would be very willing if it you know came up on their show, but I don't think that they are casting specifically looking for queer representation. Yeah, and you kind of have to if you want it to happen, so. Hell yeah. Unfortunate, but Mm -hmm. yes. And I think that uh, us, you know, moving for sweeping change in reality TV formatting uh, is a great way to end this recap. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, I think it ends on the exact right note and I don't, I am being completely serious about that. I realize uh, sometimes I can sound sarcastic when I'm not. Uh, so Evan, thank you so much for joining us today. I had a lot of fun. You literally killed me a couple of times. Uh, <laughs> th- this was so much fun. Uh, and if people are looking to hear more from you, where can people find you? 
Um, well, I'm not doing much of anything right now. I did have a podcast. If you want to find archives and listen to me talk about previous seasons of Survivor, you can head to outwitoutpodoutcast.com. But we're kind of on an indefinite COVID hiatus. So maybe that'll be back someday. Maybe it won't. Um, you can find me on Twitter. I am at Shovel Mage, uh, which is an online handle I chose nearly 20 years ago and has stuck with me ever since. Um, and, uh, the other place I've been hanging out, I just, uh, you know, I, I deleted my Facebook a while ago, so I'm not very active in the, uh, Rob has a patron Facebook group, uh, because I don't have a Facebook and can't get in, but, uh, I have been hanging out in the Rob has a podcast discord server. So, um, if you have love Island hot takes, there's a channel there and, um, I will be very active in that channel moving forward. So come talk to me there. Love to hear it. And Scally, where can people find you? Well, as always, people can find me on Twitter at Brian underscore Scally. And I want to thank people because I believe at this time we are currently at 34 ratings in the iTunes store, which uh, blown away. Did not expect that in the first week. So definitely appreciative. Thank you to anyone who has rated and to anyone has not. What are you waiting for? (laughs) Definitely uh, always appreciate more ratings and reviews. Uh, Five stars only, please. at uh over on itunes yes so um the link for that is rob has a website.com slash love island pod if you want to rate review subscribe on itunes please do so we uh, are very competitive so we want to be the number one love island podcast and uh all of the incredible reviews and ratings we've gotten do not go unnoticed so please send us five star reviews uh and we'll we'll be appreciative of it. Uh, if you're looking to hear more from me, you can find me on every platform at Kirsten Said What, including twitch.tv slash Kirsten Said What. Um, I have just moved. Within the next few days, I should be back up and running on streaming. I just need to figure out how I'm going to make it work in here. Uh, and then again, this podcast is possible because of the incredible patrons of Rob as a podcast. So uh, if you are loving the podcast and you would like to support Rob and what he is doing, uh, make sure to go to robhaswebsite.com slash patron and you can get signed right up. It's the start of a new month, so it's a great time to do it. Uh, thank you so much for checking us out this week and we will see you next time. <laughs> <laughs>